hands towards Joanna, everybody. Let's just bless this woman of God. Father, we just ask, come love, we just ask that you would, uh, this morning, Lord, we don't, we don't take anything for granted. We don't presume on anything. We ask for a special grace, a special anointing on her for the task at hand today. Father, we thank you for the, for the anointing that's resident on the inside, but we're asking God for an anointing for the task right now. Lord, let there be such a fiery presence that flows through her. And I, I'm asking for deep and life-transforming impact, Father, as, as she teaches, as she prophesies, as she ministers to us. Let life come from what happens this morning for each and every hungry heart in this room. For your name, Jesus, for your sake, for your honor. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastors Elsie and Pastor Ramesh. This is wonderful to be here again this morning. Thank you guys for coming out on a Saturday morning with the snow, right? Here we are. Are you guys ready? We're going to have a great day. So this morning, I'm going to bring um, some teaching forward, and then we're going to have a little lunch break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to read a series of prayers together out loud. And these prayers are going to come up on the screen. We'll read them. What's going to happen is we read these prayers. Things are going to begin to unlock out of our lives. They're going to begin to, uh, devil's going to lose some legal right he's had. He gets legal right when we sin, when our generations sin, our forefathers sin. And then after these prayers, we're going to get liberated. We're going to do some time of uh, corporate deliverance ministry. So you set for that? It's going to be wonderful. Um, so... Yeah, let's, let's pray, and, and we're going to get right into this. So, Lord, I thank you for today and everything that you have planned. Jesus, once again, we ask for the blood to cover, the blood of Jesus Christ to cover this entire sanctuary, this building, and every person in this place. And, Lord, we ask, God, that angels would be dispatched. God, every kind of angel needed, would you send it even here today for us? I thank you, Father Lord, for an ease when it comes time for ministry. Lord, I ask God for an ease even to deliver the word that you've put on my heart here. And I ask God that there would be hungry hearts and open ears and open eyes to hear, to receive, to absorb what your spirit is saying. And Lord, that is my prayer right now, that today would be spirit-led. Father, Lord God, that spirit, spirit of God would move in this place, that you would have your way, that there would be transformation, that there would be deliverance, that would, there would be the prophetic release. Lord God, that things would shift. And so Lord, we welcome you. We thank you. Lord, help me to minister. Give me strength in my voice, in my throat. Give me uh, fresh uh, ability, anointing, insight. Lord, may you be magnified in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Wow, wonderful. I had such a good time last night. My family says hello again today. I love how you introduced me. I do have a social life, and I do go on vacation. It is important to have balance in our lives. Amen. It really, really is, especially if you're in full-time ministry because that's what I'm in. And there's a tendency to, you know, there's, someone always needs help. There's always a crisis. There's, al there's always something to do in ministry. You guys know that, right, when you're part of a local church even. But it is important to take time to live a balanced life, to put things into priority and perspective, right? Amen? So um, that's great. Hallelujah. I don't know what I want to do yet. You know what? This is what I'm going to do first. Are there any leaders in the house that you were not here last night or you were here last night and you did not receive a prophetic word? 
Would you stand for me, everybody in the room? I want to make sure I spend some time just, there's lots of you. So you're all leaders within the house here, eh? No, no, I'm talking about here at this church. At this church here. Just the three? Okay. And we'll do some prophetic ministry too, but I just wanted to make sure I honored the house here and the pastors here. And sometimes, um, you know, even, even myself, when I'm with the ministry that I'm working with and we have guest speakers come in, I always love when they say, if you're a pastor in the house here in this ministry, if you're a leader, would you stand? Because, you know, leaders need ministry too. We need refreshing. We need words of encouragement. We need to know we're on the right track. We need that. So bless you guys. I have met you before. Yes. Tell me your name again. Esai, and I've ministered to you, but I know, Lord, the Lord has a fresh word for you. So let's extend our hands towards our sister here this morning. <clears throat> Father, Lord, we just thank you for our sister. We thank you for that word of life that you have, that word of encouragement, that word of exhortation. And um, I hear the Lord saying that he wants to release a fresh anointing over your ministry, over your life. And he wants to begin to bring an ease into that area. And I see just a fresh anointing coming, and I see even accuracy as you're praying for people, as you're helping people along, as you're talking to them. I just see like downloads beginning to come, even great wisdom. And you're really good with people, and they want to listen to what you have to say. And the Lord says, you need to know that too, that you are good with people, and that they do want to hear what you have to say. He says, sometimes you don't feel that way, and you put barriers up, and you're not as free as you'd like to be, and you're not as expressive as you should be, but the Lord says, I'm even taking those barriers down. And you're stepping into a new season where you're going to begin to minister in a very absolute different way. He says, it's my hand all over it, says God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Awesome. And this lovely, are you guys a couple in the back there? Awesome. Stretch your hands towards them. Father, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful couple. We thank you for their lives. We thank you for that word of life that you have for them right now. I heard patience. He says, be patient. He says, it's going to happen in the right timing. I see you guys as go-getters, and I see you wanting things to happen and come into alignment. And, but I hear the Lord saying, just be patient. I feel like he's been working on you guys too, working some things out, working some things in. It's almost like I see bread being kneaded. And he's been putting you on that table and he's just rolling you and kneading you. And now I see him adding things in like nuts and like fruit and all these kind of different things he's adding into this dough. And he's been working it. And now I see him putting it in the oven. And now I see a beautiful loaf coming out. And the Lord says, I'm going to make you like fresh bread. He says, you're going to carry a fragrance, a freshness. He says, it's going to be my presence. And the Lord says, you're going to feed a lot of people. I see you feeding people in the spiritual realm. I see you feeding people even in the natural. I see you now opening up your table. I see this big table just spread out. And I see you having a welcoming heart and a, and a heart that says, come sit with me, dine with me, sit with me. Let me talk to you. Let me feed you. And I see you, sister, with a heart, a broken heart, even for those that are actually naturally hungry. Like I see kids that, are, that aren't being fed 
that are like starving, that are like in Toronto. And I see God beginning to give you strategic ideas of how to feed them, how to get them a breakfast so that they can perform better, so that they can be okay in school. And I see him beginning to partner you with some people to make it happen. And, and, and I feel God all over this. And the Lord said, you would think that it's impossible, but the Lord says it's possible. He says, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to set you up. He says, I'm going to cause those, those passions inside of your heart to manifest. And he says, you're going to feed them. You're going to love them. I even see you giving them clothes now. I see you getting them an opportunity for a bath to get cleaned up, to get, to get the help that they need. And I see your heart for these beautiful children. The Lord's going to work it out for you. So Lord, whatever that is, whatever is brewing in our heart, whatever you're planning, Lord, let it happen and bring the people around alongside her, Lord, to make it happen. Hallelujah. And for, for you, husband, I hear you being, I, I hear the Lord saying that you're uh, an amazing support. You're, you're like a supportive man. I see you just uh, with a helps ministry as well, uh, just wanting to help, support, encourage. Uh, the Lord says you're stronger than you think. He says and you're greater uh, rooted than you think. He says the roots that are running down real deep. Uh, and the Lord says, I want you to know that I've been nourishing those roots even. Uh, that if there had been any dry place, the Lord says, I want you to know you're not going to feel dry anymore. And now I just see those roots getting flooded. And now I just see this overwhelming um, sensation of being full and flooded. And, and, and saturated and the Lord says that's going to be my presence all over you it's a saturation happening says the Lord amen amen awesome you know what I tell you what Sometimes I wonder why God put me in deliverance ministry because quite honestly, I love to prophesy. <laughs> I love to move in the gift of prophecy. I love to see it change people's lives. I teach on prophecy all the time, but for some reason, because I, you know, at a past, as a pastor, I bring all kinds of different messages, but it seems that the itinerant stuff and the stuff God seems to be highlighting right now is deliverance and freedom. So, you know, I don't question God because it's not my will, it's his will. It's his way, not mine. And so it tells me, though, that the body must need it. And he's trying to clean us up and get ready for what he has for us in the future. Because I truly do believe that we're going to see souls come into the kingdom. And you see, God needs a whole bunch of us doing this kind of cleanup work. And so he wants to equip us. He wants to use us because people will come. And you need to be cleaned up and ready so that you can help somebody else. You know, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I received deliverance ministry was so many years back ago, probably 20 years. Um, you know, I was a born-again Christian, fiery for the Lord. I had been transformed at the age of 21 years old. But, you know, I still struggled with secret sins. And I was ashamed to talk about them. And I would cry out to the Lord and I would say, why am I still struggling with this? I love you, Jesus. I don't want to fall into this sin. I want to live holy. I want to live pure. I want to live for you this is wrong I know it's wrong but I kept tripping it's like I kept cycling and I couldn't find the freedom I didn't know what deliverance ministry was nobody was teaching about it in church no one was getting deliverance well maybe one lady would scream out like crazy and everybody would stare and know not what to do but what the heck was that there was no freedom going on no one was teaching about it I didn't know about it I read it in the word and I could okay yeah so Jesus you know cast out devils all right but I didn't know it applied to today. So, you know, I met a gentleman, Russ Moyer, who's the president of the ministry I do work for. He had come as a missionary from Pennsylvania and set up shop in Hamilton. He was in a farmhouse. And his primary ministry at the time was doing deliverance ministry. 
And、um, through a mutual friend, I was living in Montreal at the time. He was in Ontario. And through a mutual friend, she kept saying, You gotta come and, and just come visit me. You gotta meet this man. You know, he's do- doing some revival services at night, but I really want you to meet this guy. So I met him. And, you know, he, he just led me into this room. He didn't even hardly want to talk to me. He led me into this room and he asked me to read these series of prayers. Same ones we're gonna read today, only tweaked a little bit. And actually, my manual is going to look totally different because I've been doing some new prayers, putting them together. But we're going to read these prayers that I read all those years ago. And I start reading them out loud. And then he starts casting devils out of me. And, I'm, and, and back then in the day, you come to my office now, you get to sit in a nice plush chair. Back in the day, he made me stand up. I mean, I was standing up, and his eyes were right in my eyes. I mean, talk about intense. No sitting down. And, and he starts commanding things to leave me. And for that two hour session, I cried and cried. I must have gone through two to three boxes of Kleenexes. But at the end of that session, I was light. I was free. I felt like I had helium balloons inside of me. I remember walking up the two, three steps to get out of the sunken in living room, and it felt like I was floating. I went back to Montreal after that weekend. I was so transformed. My family could visibly see a change on my face. They were so pumped up, so wanting the same kind of ministry I had just received that we rented a truck and drove all the way back the next weekend to Ontario so that they could get the freedom. And I, it was amazing. It was life changing. And they got liberated. I tell you what, I believe if I had not received that kind of deliverance ministry, I don't think I'd be standing in front of you here today. I probably would have re- married the wrong man. I probably would have kept slipping up and never been able to live a holy, pure life and, and go to Bible school and graduate and become a full time minister. I needed that because there were generational things that were deep. Only did I discover, even after the deliverance, some of the things that my family lines had been involved in. That were stuck inside of me. See, they were entrenched inside. Here's the deal when you get born again, your spirit is born again. I mean, Holy Spirit comes in. You are revived. You are made holy. But this is the thing we are also a soul that, has, that lives in a body. And we are under, we are in the process of sanctification, becoming holy. And it's a process, you see. So, those things that were in our soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, the things that have even been in the body, Sometimes they're demonic spirits that have been entrenched in there. And often they'll leave in anointed worship, in anointed prayer,、uh, when you first get saved, but sometimes they don't leave right away. And they need to be driven out forcefully. And that's the ministry of deliverance ministry. I needed things driven out of me by an anointed minister and the power of God. It changed my life. My desire for you this afternoon is that your life would be transformed. We're going to do those prayers. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray from up here, and some prayer people will go through and they're going to help you. And things are going to lift. You know, I just want to go through this real quick. It's very normal. For me, I cried, you see. But a lot of people, see, see spirits are like breath. They're breath. They're looking for a way to leave. So a lot of people, they'll burp, they'll cough, they'll yawn, because they're leaving, you see. So you're going to let them leave today. Because here's the other thing we all have a measure of control. You can sit there and push it down and suppress it, and it will stay because, hey, our control is strong. 
But if you'll partner with it and say, God, I just want to be free, and if you'll breathe, those things will lift, they'll leave you, and you'll be transformed. So you guys ready for that today? It's going to be wonderful. Amen. But let's, I do have a teaching I want to bring forth uh, this morning, this afternoon, uh, before we break for lunch. So I want to talk to you this morning about transference of spirits and spiritual discernment. Okay, so what's transference of spirits? Well, a transfer of spirits can occur when spirits pass from an atmosphere, a person, or even an object onto you. So there can be a good transference of spirits, and there can also be an evil or negative transference of spirits, okay? Um, so what's a good transference of spirits? Well, in the Word of God, if we read in Numbers eleven twenty four, it says, So Moses went out, reported the Lord's words to the people. Then he gathered the 70 leaders and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. Listen to this. He took some of the spirit that was on Moses and put it on the 70 leaders. They prophesied as the spirit rested upon them. So here we see there was a beautiful spirit on Moses. And he had Moses gather his 70 leaders and God took that amazing, he transferred some of the spirit that was on Moses and he put it on those leaders. So we see that there is a good transference of spirits. When I was a Bible school student uh, at the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry in Pensacola, Florida, you guys remember that revival that happened? You guys were having one in Canada, and then it carried. In fact, um, our Brenda Kilpatrick came to the revival at Catch the Fire, brought back that transference of anointing and spirit, brought it back to Pensacola, and Revival happened in Pensacola. Well, I became a student there, and that's where I, I, I received my degree, my training, my studying. And one of the things that the professors always encouraged us to do is after the minister would speak, they would say, get prayer. Make sure you get prayer. Get them to lay hands on you. Get the impartation. Get the transference. So as students, man, we were like fit to be tied. As soon as that minister were done, we would run. See, we did things different than you guys. I, I thought it was amazing when I came to catch the fire um, after being at Brownsville because you guys had all these lines on the floor and everybody came up real nice and stood at the line. I was like, oh, this is great. At my school, at my revival, where I was uh, part, part of, are you kidding? No lines. You rushed the speaker. I'm serious. You ran. And you just wanted them to put their hands on you. It was a madhouse. I mean, there were times that people were falling on top of me. One time someone stepped on my head. I mean, it was bonkers. There was no order like that. You guys had order. For us, it was a free-for-all. And I mean, sometimes people were pushing people. I didn't want to get close. So, I mean, anytime somebody was praying, guess where my head was? under their hand. I believe that I'm a product of impartation. I am a product of a transference, even of anointing, a transference of spirits that came upon me. Another example of a transference of spirits that I received, a good one, talking about good ones, because there are evil ones, we're going to go into that a little later, but when I um, was a student there, I took a summer, uh, my summer break, and I went to Ruth Heflin's camp. Now, this is a very, do you, some of you guys know that place? It's a very interesting place. Um, I'll never forget, God told me to go there. There was a speaker who came. She came and spoke uh, at one of the churches in Pensacola, and the Lord said, you need to approach her and travel with her. You're going to go to this camp, and it's a camp in Ashland. And um, I remember when I arrived at that camp, someone told me, they said, do you have any skirts? Skirts better pack some skirts skirts okay nobody wears pants there <laughs> see it's an old-time Pentecostal camp I had never seen anything like that in my life 
thank God I brought skirts. Sometimes I wear my pants under the skirts, but I made sure I had a long skirt. <laughs> and I almost had to put my hair in a bun. <laughs> but they, it was very different for me. You'd be shocked too. But what was amazing was the presence of God. I mean, it was like thick there. I remember walking onto the campground and feeling like I was like being submerged in these waters because the anointing was tangible. They had something special there. And the prophetic, whoa, people were prophesying. It was amazing with buns and skirts. <laughs> but I remember the lady that the, God told me to, to approach her. And, you know, she did help me arrange everything. And I came to the camp. She asked me to be her armor bearer for a weekend at a women's retreat. Now, at the time now, Ruth Heflin, who was the overseer of this camp, she had already died. I didn't know much about her, but she was a prophetess. That's all I knew. Anyways, I go and travel with this lady. I find out she was the armor bearer of Ruth Heflin. So when I'm at this women's conference, what begins to happen is she begins to whistle. And she's whistling. I've ne I'd never heard anything like that in my life. And as she whistled, what happened was the Spirit of God, a transference of that anointing and spirit fell upon me, and I became slain in my seat. I was out. I was like... Pluck. And when I finally came to and could get myself out of that chair, I began to whistle. And now it was like so easy. I had never been a good whistler, but now I would find myself whistling and whistling. I had caught something that was on our life, and I re later realized it had been on Ruth Heffron's life. She would sing, and she would whistle, and she would prophesy. So now we fast forward, and I go to school, and then I graduate from school, and I come to Ontario to work as a missionary. Now, I'm still whistling, but the people in Ontario don't think it's that cool. And they start calling me Tweety Bird. I am not kidding you. Now, at, at Brownsville, no one bothered me because all kinds of things were going, people shaking, blah, 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 blah. And there's all kinds of weird stuff going on in revival, so I'm whistling too. No one said a thing. But now I'm in Ontario, and everybody's like, <laughs> And so, you know, being young and impressionable, you know, just out of Bible school, you know, I was like, I took it to the Lord. I said, God, they're making fun of me. And it was bothering me. And it was almost trying to shut me down from whistling. And you know what he told me, Pastor Elsie? He said, are you going to keep what I gave you? Or are you going to stop because of fear of man? I said, I'm going to keep what you gave me. So I started to whistle like never before. I've been whistling for 20 years. <laughs> it's good. And something happens. You see, I caught God wants you to catch a fresh anointing in this place. It can be caught. Amen? Hallelujah. Prepare us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Little scripture here I want to read a bit. In Deuteronomy 34 and 9, it says, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. Acts 19 and 6. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. 1 Timothy 4, 14. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy and the laying on of hands of the eldership. So there is a 
positive, wonderful, good transference that can happen. And that's what we want. And that's what I want you to be hungry for too. Even as I'm ministering up here, even as I pray for you later, as the team member prays, as your pastors pray, be hungry, be open to receive the good on their life. Amen? Because it's transferable. Now, what about evil transference? There's such a thing as that too. So an evil transference of spirits, you know, sometimes it can be likened to catching a cold. You know, sometimes you're in a group of people and someone's sick, you don't know it. They're sick with something yucky, evil, gross, sickness. And all of a sudden, now you got the cold. How did it happen? Well, it transferred. So we need to be aware that even uh, in atmospheres, on objects, on people, there can be a transference of that evil spirit. Um, but it's nothing to be afraid of, you see. As a deliverance minister, I am praying for people all the time that are afflicted with evil spirits. They're being tormented, they're under oppression, they're dealing with addictions, whatever have you. And I'm touching them, I'm praying for them, I'm in the room with them. But it doesn't make me afraid because I make sure I cleanse after and these things leave. Just as easy as they'd like to come around, well, you have authority and you can command them to go. And that's what you need to make sure you do. You see, that's the element of spiritual warfare. Too many times some of us are going around, we're feeling these evil things, we're thinking it's ourselves, we, you know, and, and we don't know how to get rid of it. And then we're oppressed by it and we wonder why. I want to help you with that a little bit today. Because we're walking around with a heaviness at times, with, with something that's been in an atmosphere, and we're, we, we think it's us. And we, then we go home with it too. It's so important to pray, to cleanse. Amen? Let me show you some examples here of some evil transference of spirits. In Leviticus 16, uh, 20 and 22, it says, And when he was made and has made an end of the atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall present the live goat. And Aaron shall lay his hands on the head of the goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins. And he shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of man who is in readiness. The goat shall bear all the iniquities on itself to a remote area and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness. Isn't that amazing? Aaron, who was the priest, took all the sins and the iniquities of the people of Israel and he transferred them onto the goat so the people could be set free and cleansed of it and it went onto the goat and the goat was released to go but now of course we have Jesus Christ who is the ultimate sacrifice amen and he does take away the sins of the world but we see it in the Old Testament that they actually manifested and put their hands on that live goat to see that transference happen. Does that make sense? Isn't that amazing? When I, found, when I was studying this and found that in the Word, I was like, whoa, okay, this stuff is real. In Second Chronicles, one more instance I'll share with you where they did that. 29, 20 through 24, it says, and then the goats of the sin of the offering were brought to the, king, to the king and the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. And the priests slaughtered them and made a sin offering with their blood on the altar to make atonement for all of Israel, okay? So that evil transference can happen. So how can these spirits uh, transfer? Um, well, first of all, the first way that spirits can transfer, I'm talking about the evil ones now, is uh, generationally. Guys, have you ever had to go to the doctor? You go to the doctor, what do they wanna know? Oh, what did your parents die of? Are they still alive? What did your grandparents die of? They want to know your medical history, why? Because they have seen a pattern that whatever your grandparents had, whatever your parents had, is most likely going to attack you 
or being you. Oh, your parents had diabetes? Oh, you're prone to diabetes. Even the medical people know this because what happens is these spirits, good spirits too, can be transferred. I come from a lineage of ministers. Did you know that? I didn't really know that until I became one myself. But lots of ministers in my family, like back. So there are good things too that can certainly come forward, absolutely. But there are negative things as well. And so one of the ways these spirits transfer is generationally. Okay? Another way that spirits can transfer is through atmospheres. So through our senses. You know, you go into an atmosphere, like certainly when you come into a beautiful church atmosphere and the power of God is moving, awesome worship, you are going to feel the presence of God. The Lord is a spirit, Holy Spirit. But there are also negative spirits that can be in atmospheres. So if you frequent places you shouldn't, you're going to have some kind of negative transference. But sometimes it might even be at your office. Sometimes there could be a negative atmosphere in your home. Well, don't you know you have the authority? That you can take authority over those negative spirits there and tell them to leave? And you need to start doing that. So you go into your office and there's control and there's lying and there's gossiping and there's manipulation. Well, you need to make sure that before, before you go into the office and after you leave the office, you have cleansed yourself from that. Maybe you're going to visit another couple, you and your spouse. You're going for dinner to their house. You guys were laughing on the way in, having a great time with your spouse. You go for dinner at your friend's house. You leave the friend's house, and all of a sudden, you're fighting like cats and dogs. Why? Things were fine. Maybe there was a spirit of strife in that home. Maybe that couple is dealing with some deep marital issues. You went into their atmosphere. The walls are alive. Everything absorbs stuff, guys. Things are alive. You know, there's a spiritual realm going on all the time that we can't see. You go into that house. There's strife. There's anger. You were under that atmosphere. You leave that house. It's followed you. You need to take authority over that and command it to go. For me, I am so, and I'm going to talk about discernment. I am aware of my atmospheres. I have learned and discerned that it's not me. Check yourself at the door. If you felt good coming in and all of a sudden you don't feel so good when you're in, it's not you. It's something in your atmosphere. You've got to recognize that because if you don't, you'll take that home. You'll get into strife with your own family, you know, and and then you're wondering what's going on. Well, you just need to do a little bit of spiritual warfare. You just got to take your authority, command it to leave. A lot of people ask me, well, how do you do that? I had a beautiful question from my mother yesterday. You know that story I shared about my son and the anger in his eyes? I have never shared that anywhere. That was an intimate thing that happened in my home. But I can't believe that came out of me last night. Well, I know why. Is that lady here today? She's not here today. Well, she came up to me at the back table. She says, I can't believe you shared that. She says, I see the same thing in my son's eye. What do I do? And I just told her real simply, you take authority of it. And I told her how to do it. I say, you say like this, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind that spirit of anger I'm seeing in his eyes. I command you to be bound, and I command you just to lift out of him now, in Jesus' name, just like that. And she was like, whoa, I helped someone last night. Thank you, Jesus. If my life and my stories and the things I've been through can help you, I am happy. I am happy, because that's what it's about. Amen? I'm sure now she went home and prayed for her baby. Amen? Hallelujah. So we have to really be um, aware of our atmospheres. We also have to be, another way they can transfer is through people that we encounter, for sure. 
So if you have someone lay hands on you and say they aren't walking a holy life or pure life, there is a negative transference that can come. Listen, I don't let everybody lay hands on me or pray for me because I'm aware of that. And I can sometimes feel. So, you know, we, it's not that don't touch me. Don't. No, I am not like that. But we do have to be aware. If someone's struggling with something and you know they're in open sin or you certainly don't want them praying for you because when you begin to pray, your spirit opens up, you see. And you're sensitive and you're open. And so whatever is negative on that person's life, just as it was the positive stuff, the negative stuff can come in and begin to torment you. So you want to make sure um, that you're aware of the people that you encounter. You know, Christmas time, everybody gets together with family, right? Not everybody, fa all family members are serving the Lord. You got to leave that Christmas dinner. You got to pray, brother and sister. You do. Because there's all kinds of stuff that goes on around the Christmas table when, we, when we're with our family or with friends or with just at work with the unsaved. Listen, Jesus sat with the sinners, but he didn't leave the table sinning like they did. Come on, right? He was there to make a change. He brought the anointing. He wasn't afraid of being with the sinners or with the people that had addictions or the people that were in sin or the prostitutes. No, he came there to save them. So we can't be afraid of mingling. Listen, that's the problem that we've had too is we become too isolated as the body. Just us four and no more. And don't go out in the world or talk to anybody. In the world. No. You go out, you minister, but you make sure you don't live that way. So you've got to make sure you've cleansed yourself from anything that would try and come and hinder you and attack you. Does that make sense, guys? Okay. All right. Another way that evil spirits can transfer is certainly through objects. Okay? Um, so this is an interesting one objects wow i'm going to share a few stories about that i maybe you've heard these stories before but there's been times where i've had things in my home that were releasing a negative spirit that were absolutely attacking my household the first one i want to talk to you about is um, when my father died i inherited some artwork he was he liked to collect art he was an avid collector and i inherited a certain picture and i hung it up in my uh, little apartment with my husband we were newly married and this picture was a stencil uh, a pencil sorry of horses running it was beautiful and it was in my dining room and what happened though is after my husband and I married, I mean we were a divine connection. It was God who put us together. We knew we were for each other. We had miraculous things that confirmed I was, we were to be married. Anyway, so we're married now, but we are experiencing tremendous strife. Like I mean over the top strife, Pastor Elsie. I mean we're fighting, we're angry, we're you know fits of rage. I mean it's like crazy. So out of character for two lovely, born-again believers serving the Lord. Well, one day we're in the midst of this fight, and I look over at this painting. For some reason, the Lord had drawn me to look at that. And within this beautiful picture of horses was a picture within the picture. And it was a picture of an evil uh, man with evil faces inside of these horses. It was like a hidden picture. But now I could see it, and this face was illuminated. And I said, Derek, I said, do you see? Look at this picture. Do you see the face within the horses? Can you see that? He says, I see it. I said, oh my goodness. I said, you got, this is full of strife and anger, this picture. Get it out of the house. Get it out now. I tell you what, he ripped that thing off the wall and he left the house. And he took it to our campgrounds. Our ministry owns some campgrounds where you guys have come. And they always have a big pit, a bonfire. Well, he went and took it immediately to that fire. He said, I stayed at home. 
He threw that thing in the fire. You know what he came home and told me? He says, Joanna, when I put that thing in the fire, evil screaming voices began to come out of the fire. He said he was just, he was amazed. He was in awe. He couldn't believe what he was hearing. That picture had evil spirits in it. The artist had used trickery and put that anger and rage in that picture. Do you know when we took that thing out of the house, the strife left our house? Our marriage was, was beautiful again. It was bonkers. I'm telling you what, sometimes we have things in our home we don't even realize they have a negative spirit attached to it. Another time, I went shopping with a girlfriend and she took me into one store. I didn't realize it was a secondhand store. Um, I usually don't like to buy anything secondhand. I usually like brand new. But anyways, I bought these three pieces of hammered glass. I really liked them. I thought they were beautiful. They were a great price. So I brought them home. Well, you know, for three days, I kept them on my counter. And every time I looked at them, I felt this overwhelming urge to smash this glass, to just destroy it. And I kept reasoning. reasoning. I didn't realize I was even reasoning with the Lord. I was just like, I'm not going to smash this. I just bought this. I just spent money on this hammered glass. Well, finally, by the third day, I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I have to smash this glass. And my husband was like, okay. So I took it. You know, he just lets me do whatever. He he brings things to the fire pit. He lets me smash the glass. So I put the stuff in the trash bag. And I started smashing it. And put it out in the trash for the next day. And I still didn't know why. I just knew I had to smash it. Well, the next week, I go by that same store. I find out it's a secondhand store. But not only is it a secondhand store, it's owned by New Agers. They're in the New Age movement. And it was like this, they had all these different things. I didn't see them when I was in there, but it was all this new age stuff. Those pieces of hammered glass had something negative on it, a negative spirit. And it was defiling my home. And God wanted me to destroy it. What do you have in your home? When I finish delivered sessions with people, I walk through them how to stay free. And one of the things I talk to them is about, you need to go home and ask the Lord, what do I have in my house? And you need to get rid of it. And here's the deal. If it has sentimental value, like that painting my father gave me, it was sentimental value. He's, he's passed on with the Lord now. I don't have much of his possessions. But I didn't care. That thing had to go. So even if it has a sentimental value or a monetary value, if God tells you to get rid of it, you got to get rid of it. I'll tell you one more story about an evil spirit on something. Um, when my, before I met my husband, there was a counterfeit. Sometimes that happens. All you single people, sometimes that counterfeit wants to come right before your true spouse. And I had a counterfeit that came. And we were going to be engaged. And we were going to be married. And he bought me a ring. And the Lord spoke and divinely intervened. And I knew he was not to be my husband. And so I had this valuable, valuable ring. And um, he didn't want to take it back. He says, you keep it. But I didn't want it because, well, we were, the engagement was broken. So I figured, oh, I'm going to go back to the jewelry store. I'm going to cash that thing in and trade it out for other jewelry. So that's what I did. I traded this piece in, and I got a sapphire and diamond ring. I got a diamond and pearl ring. I got these beautiful uh, diamond and pearl earrings. I was like, woo, this guy spent a lot of money. I got a lot of nice jewelry now. And I would wear this jewelry even though the engagement is broken. Now I'm in Bible school, and I hear my pastor teach about soul ties, ungodly soul ties. And he starts to talk about getting rid of objects too. 
Now, he doesn't talk about evil spirits on them, but he talks about getting rid of these things that can tie us. And as he's speaking and preaching, I'm remembering times when I would put these rings and jewelry on, specifically the ring, it would burn my finger at times. And I'd be like, what, am I getting a rash? No, but it would burn, this ring would burn my finger. And so he's speaking, he's teaching, and I'm like, and I hear the Lord say, I want you to get rid of all that jewelry you accumulated from the sale of that one piece. And I want you to give it in the offering plate the next time you come to church. I, I heard the Lord. But you know, sometimes we like to negotiate. <laughs> oh, maybe just me. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, this is like a lot of money. Like I could go on a missions trip. Let me sell this stuff, take the money, and go on a missions for you. No. I want you to put it all in the boxes and put it in the offering plate the next time you go to church. Well, I had to be obedient. So I did exactly that. And I got rid of them and blessed the Lord. The church probably sold them and made lots of money. Wonderful. It was an offering. I had to get rid of it. And you know, right after that, God began to put my husband and I together. And you know, he later says that sometimes he would look at that ring on my finger and he would wonder about it. And he said he didn't like it. Isn't that amazing? There was an evil thing on that, that ring, the jewelry. There was a soul tie. I had to get rid of it. It had value. I could have sold that thing and gone to Africa on emissions. But God knows best. I say all that to tell you, if he speaks to you, don't negotiate. Just be obedient. Get rid of it. Amen? Amen. Okay. So... I talked to you a little bit about how spirits can transfer in atmospheres, but let's go into that a little bit more here. So I want to ask you a few questions. What's your environment like at home, at work, the places you go to? See, your atmospheres, they play a significant role in your spiritual life. So sometimes they can transfer the places you go, telephone conversations, TV shows, music, video games, our kids are spending way too much time doing these things. Did you know that? At my house, no cable, no video games that have anything but driving a car and simple thing like Mario. We don't have violence, we don't have bloodshed, we don't have witchcraft. We do not allow that in our home. I do not allow my son to partake in that. We have to clean up our atmosphere, saints. So many times we are being affected by these evil things and we've just welcomed them right into the house we've let that sometimes people fall asleep with their TVs on don't do that I hate when my mother comes to visit because she sleeps with the TV on but now we don't have anything she can watch <laughs> but she's figured out she can get her little iPad and put that thing on and my mom's a Christian lady God bless her but when she falls asleep and at 2 in the morning what the heck's playing what's coming through don't fall asleep with your TV on. Watch what you're watching. Make sure you put a guard on that. Because that TV is like a big door. And everything that's coming through on that screen, commercials, horror, sexual things, are coming right into your home. And your atmosphere is becoming saturated with evil spirits. And then you're struggling. Then you wonder why you have insomnia. Then you wonder why you're being attacked by sexual spirits when you go to sleep. Or you're wondering why there's anger, strife, or rage in your home. Well, that TV was on for, for 12 hours a day. It was on all night. And all kinds of stuff was coming on through. 
Does this make sense to you guys? So many times we, we're trying to live a victorious Christian life, but all these things are like open, and they're bombarding our lives, and we're struggling, and we don't know why. We've got to clean house. We've got to begin to change what we look at, what we absorb, what we read, what we watch, what we play, what we engage in. Holy life is a good life. It's not a boring life. It's a good life. Do you know how wonderful it is to go home and to have peace in the home and to sleep well and to know your child is sleeping well and he's happy and you have a good marriage? That's golden. That is what life's about. He wants us to have that peace. He wants to have the good marriages and the child and the children that are obedient and loving God too. But you have to steward that and you have to make sure your atmospheres are remaining clean. So whatever change you got to do, do it. It'll be worth it. Yeah, your kid might freak out in the beginning. I minister to a lot of kids of video games to avoid, Minecraft and Fortnite. When you try and take Minecraft away from a child, watch out, the tantrum's going to come. They're going to freak out because there's a witchcraft behind it, you see? And it entices them and they get entrapped in it. And the mothers and the fathers try and take it away and they flip out. But who cares? Who's the parent in the house? Let them flip out for a minute. They'll get used to it. They'll get used to the new norm. But you have to set the precedent. You have to make the change. And you can't be afraid to do it. Amen? It's time to clean out atmospheres. Amen? Um, so I talked about transference from others. So it's important, even from a ministry basis uh, perspective, you know, uh, I, like I had mentioned, my husband and I were pastors at a church and we have a prayer team. Part of the protocol, the prerequisite, if you're gonna lay hands on anybody, first you need to come through deliverance ministry and we need to be walking with you and know your life. Because if I'm trusting, like everyone here today, I know their lives. They're living holy lives. They've been through deliverance. They help me in deliverance ministry. So I know that when they pray for you today, when they put their hands on your head, they're holy hands. And there's going to be a beautiful transference that happens, not a negative one. So it's important even, uh, you know, that your prayer team people or your, you know, in ministry, that they have a clean life, a pure life. It's very important around our ministry and in our church. We really make sure of that. So um, I'm going to just read a few scriptures here, and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about discernment. But just some scriptures that show you about the power of spirits on the objects. So in Acts 19... 12, uh, sorry, 11 and 12, it says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. His garments were anointed. When people touched that apron, pieces of the apron, people were healed from diseases and set free. So we see that positive uh, spirit on the object. And then in a negative way, in Acts 19, 19, it says, Also many of those who had practiced witchcraft brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So all those witchcraft books, they had to burn them. And when they burned them, those evil spirits had left. They were gone. It's important. Even books. I remember there were some books I thought were Christian, and I began to read them, and the Lord says, Get rid of this thing. It's important what you read, even if it comes under the guise of Christian, because sometimes this new age can seep in. I think the best book in the world, guess what, guys? It's the Bible. That's got to be your number one book you go to, 
right? Okay, so I want to transition here and talk a little bit about spiritual discernment. Um, so what is spiritual discernment? I think this is a really important thing that the body needs to begin to develop. Uh, it's the ability to obtain sharp perceptions and to be able to judge well between good and evil. It involves going past merely what you see in the natural and has to do with the ability to use to see spiritually, to hear and to understand something that's somewhat hidden. The ability to see right through smoke screens and obstacles. So spiritual discernment is that ability to see through something. It might look a certain way, but you could see right through it. Uh, in Hebrews 5, 14, it says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You see, discernment can be increased you can train in that area. It can get even more sharp. I have seen this in my own life because when I do deliverance ministry, I thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to talk about them that are outlined in 1 Corinthians, but there's the gift of discernment is one of those gifts. And the more I work with people, the more I pray for people, that Spirit has become very sharpened. And I'm able to see to the root of the matter. I'm able to discern. And we need to have that because everybody can say something. Sometimes I have people that come in my, my office and everything's great. Well, everything's great. Well, why are you here? But as they talk, as I begin to sit there, God begins to show me. He begins, that discernment begins to come and I begin to know what really is the root of the matter. In Philippians 1, 9 and 10, and your pastor read this last night, uh, this scripture, and it says, and it is my prayers that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so to be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. In 1 Kings 3, 9, give your servant therefore an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people. We need to discern between good and evil. He wants you to know what is right and what is not right. A lot of times people come to me and they're looking for prophetic ministry, absolutely, because they don't know. They, don't, they can't discern. They don't know which way to go. But God wants that gift sharpened in you so you would know, so that you can discern when someone's lying to you, when someone's promising you something that won't happen or, 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 or a spirit. And there's different things that we can discern. And we need to be able to discern. Um, I have a lot of scripture, but I just want to, I'll just quote this one. It's in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, and 11. It talks about the nine signature gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay? And one of them is the ability to distinguish between spirits. Another one is interpretation of tongues, working of miracles. There's nine of them, power gifts. One of them is the discernment of spirits. So what is the gift of discerning of spirits? It's that special ability that God gives the body. Everybody say, I'm the body. I am the body. To know with assurance whether certain behavior is of God, flesh, or demonic. That's what the spirit of discernment is for. It's for you to know, is this God, is this flesh, or is this demonic? Because you see, we can discern angels. Sometimes I know when the angels are in the room. I can feel them. I can discern. Maybe I don't see them. But I know, and sometimes I do see them in my spirit. Sometimes I close my eyes. I'll never forget the time I walked my son to school. 
And he was just a little guy. And I was worried about him. And, and I was crying out to the Lord. I said, Lord, but I leave him here at the gate. And he goes and he's so small. His bag is bigger than him. And, and, and he allowed me, God opened my eyes, and I could discern, I could see. There were two massive angels standing on each side of him, walking him into school. I stood there at the gate. I saw the angels going in with my son. He didn't have to say anything else to me. I knew my son was covered. He will allow you to discern good things, good spirits, angels. But you also need to discern when something's of the flesh and when something is demonic so this gift it's very useful for deliverance ministry i mentioned that you, it's important to discern what spirits are attacking people so that you can cast them out it's important to discern if a spirit has left the person now sometimes when i'm doing deliverance ministry and we're calling a certain one out and they resist they do they struggle. They've been entrenched there. This is their home. Sometimes they speak to me and say, I don't want to leave my home. Well, because they've been in there. They're, co they're cozy. They've been in there for generations, some of them. So they don't want to leave. And, and so sometimes they'll hide, or sometimes they, they will submit and go quickly. Other times they resist, right? And so it's important to know, have discerning of spirits and know when they've left. And I know sometimes. I mean, sometimes it'll be like, if my assistant is working at a time, they're trying to get that master out, and it looks like it coughed, but I'm like, no, it's not out. It's still there. It's hiding. And so we go for a little more. And then I can tell when it pops out, when it goes. It's like, it lifts you. It's not like I see it, but all of a sudden, the atmosphere becomes lighter and brighter, and I know it's gone. Sometimes I can tell by looking at their faces. It changes color. Sometimes I can tell. I can discern by looking in their eyes. It's not like I see a word, but I look and I can see what it is, just like I saw in my son, anger. You need to know. You need to have a discerning of spirits, especially if you're going to work in deliverance ministry. You need. You need that. I am praying for that for you today. I am going to pray today for impartation because I believe discernment is needed in the body of Christ today. It is. Too many of us are being led astray by false doctrine or itchy teaching, itching our ears, things people are saying, and we can't discern. Is this God? Is this the devil? Is this flesh? You need to be able to discern. You know, Jesus was very discerning. He was very discerning. What about the time he discerned when Peter and him were talking, when he said he was going to go to the cross? What did Jesus say? Be quiet, you're a hindrance to me. See, Peter, and that's in Matthew, I won't read it, but Matthew 16, 21 to 23. Peter was saying, no, it's not going to happen to you, God. But he was talking about how he was going to be crucified. And he said, Peter, stop. You're moving in the flesh. I rebuke you. Get behind me, Satan. Of course, he was fleshing out, Peter. He loved the Lord. This was his friend. This was his Lord. This was his leader. But Jesus knew, you're in the flesh. So many times, people are moving in the flesh. You need to discern. Oh, I think you should do this. Oh, you need to do this. Don't go there. You shouldn't go there. Don't go to Israel. There's too much war in Israel. You shouldn't. Shh. You're in the flesh. You love me. You care for me. You're concerned, but you're in the flesh. I can't listen to you because the Spirit is telling me this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because everybody has their opinions. People love us. They want us to do good. Don't do that. Da -da 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 -da. Just like Peter did to Jesus. We need to discern when it's flesh. In Mark 2 and 8, it says, Immediately Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning 
uh, that away within themselves, he said, why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? You see, Jesus could discern even people's thoughts. He could perceive in his spirit. You know, sometimes I get in rooms and I can hear what people are thinking. It's the strangest thing. I can feel it. I can hear it. I know. I can perceive in my spirit. Guys, this is not something just for Joanna Adams. This is something for you. This is a gift of the Spirit. This is a gift God wants you to have. He wants you to discern. It'll save you from so much trouble. When I first became a Christian, I didn't realize I had this gift. It just wasn't fine-tuned. And I remember I was invited to be part of a wedding party. Am I doing okay in time? It's 12. Yes, we're doing, I'm going to wrap this up soon. But I was invited to be part of this wedding party. And something was the Lord was telling me, no, don't do it. Don't say yes to this bride. But because I'm a Christian and she's a Christian and I was asked and, okay, I'll do it. It was the worst experience of my life. This young lady was the farthest thing from a Christian. Her wedding was a disaster. I even felt something push me downstairs and I hurt my, I almost broke my leg at the wedding. I mean, it was like bizarre. And the Lord said to me after the whole thing, he said, I told you not to. You were discerning. You had discerned. You heard, no, but you weren't obedient. When we can discern and we listen to the Lord, it's going to save you from trouble. But see, sometimes these bad things have to happen for to give you an example in your own heart, in your own life to say, whoa, okay, I've heard this before. I know this. Hey, that gave me a lot of trouble. Nope, I'm listening to you, God. I'm not going through that again. He wants you to discern. Um, hallelujah. You know, another way that you can discern is, is in your body. Did you know that? When we do deliverance ministry here later, I'm going to feel a lot of things in my body. When I sit in those sessions, I begin to feel where pains are. And he does that to show me what's afflicting you. And so we see this even in scripture, and I want to read it to you. Bear with me. I know I, I like to put a lot of scripture because I want you to know this is not me making it up. It's in the word. In Mark 5, 27, 30, it says, And she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him. This is the woman with the issue of blood. In the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him, immediately turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And we know it goes on later. They say, oh, Jesus, everybody's touching you and pressing you. He perceived. He felt in his body whew, something left when she pulled at his garments. So we can too feel things in our bodies. Isn't that powerful? Are you guys ready to receive that gift of discernment? Because I would like to pray impartation. I have a few more things here, but I feel like I want to end because I want to uh, pray this way for you. Now, Everything in the Christian life, it's by faith. I'm going to pray for that gift to be imparted. I'm going to pray for you to catch something. You've got to catch it by faith. So are you ready? Everybody closing your eyes. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Shumbra satakundara. Sandere bashundere basandere bekumbrasete kumbraste le borashe da bariasete de de. 
Jesus, I thank you, Father, Lord God, that I have delivered what you asked me to share in this house today. And Lord, I'm asking right now by the power of your spirit that we would just begin to receive, to have an impartation of that beautiful gift of discernment. Oh God, everybody lifting up your hands. Jesus, Lord, I thank you for this hungry group. And Lord, would you release it now? God, Lord, would you cause that gift of discernment to become so sharp, Lord, that they would begin to be able to discern, is this God? Is this the devil? Is this flesh? Oh, Lord, begin to release that gift now. In Jesus' name, Rosan, just receive it, everybody. Ooh, thank you, God. More, Jesus, more of you. We want to discern, Jesus. We want to even discern our atmospheres. Lord, we want to know even when spirits are being transferred, if they're good, if they're evil. Oh, Father, Lord, would you begin to heighten every gift inside of us, even in this place today? Jesus, I thank you. Hallelujah. Everybody breathing deep? Keep receiving in the midst right now of your receiving somebody. You have been tre- having trouble with your sinuses and in your throat. And it's almost like you're having a drippy nose or something going on with a drip and with congestion and, and trouble with the sinuses and throat. If that's you, just l- keep your hands lifted up and put your hand on your throat and on your sinuses. And God's going to set you free right now. There's a few of you in the room. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Lord, we just thank you right now for healing everybody in this room right now that is being afflicted that way. I thank you, Jesus, God, for setting them free. I command spirits of infirmity attacking the sinuses, attacking the throat attacking their nasal passages to loose to loose everybody breathing in Jesus name it's normal if you begin to yawn or cough because it is going to loose in Jesus name we commit all that to go everybody breathing deep in Jesus name Jesus we give you praise thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus migraine headaches you get pressure you get pressure it's predominantly in the front of the head the front lobes here between the eyes that's you you got to put your hand right now on your head lift your hand up so I can see you too thank you Jesus headaches headaches I command right now spirit of migraine headaches just to lift now with an ease to go everything right now that pressures them in the front of the brain I command those spirits just to loose to lift in Jesus name In Jesus' name, Father, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this place, Lord. And even, God, as we go into a more intense time later this afternoon, I pray your protection now over everybody. I plead the precious blood of Jesus Christ over everybody in this room. And I thank you, Father, Lord, for covering them, protecting them, sending your angels to surround them. Oh, thank you, Lord. See, I could keep going now, getting lots of revelation here, but I know we're going to do the deliverance part later. So I just, um, hmm, what can I do here? We've got a few minutes left. Yeah. 
Can I prophesy a little more? Everybody breathing deep though, okay? Uh, one other thing I just want to address is some pain here on the right side. I don't know what organ it's in, but it's kind of like under your rib cage. Is that you, Pastor? Oh my goodness, I want you to come up here. I want to pray. So can we have a catcher, please? Okay. Ooh, right now. Right now, I command that thing to loose in Jesus. burping lots it's lifting that's another way the lord shows me when things go so right now all those things attacking her organs going now in jesus name hallelujah Woo! thank you lord healing healing virtue stretch your hands towards her Release your blessings towards her. Pray for her right now. Thank you, Lord. And there's another pain too, Pastor Elsie. It's like almost like a little bit of a twisting. I feel like a twisting. Yeah. It's got to go. Keep praying, guys. Thank you, Jesus. See, that gift of discernment was just working now. She said, and I felt it under there, but there's more. And she says, yes, there's more. We have to discern. There's more. So it goes now. In Jesus' name, everything that's twisting her bowels or, or her stomach or causing this cramping or this twisting, it goes. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you are the healer. Healer, Lord, set her free from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. She's not meant to carry this. We declare freedom now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Is it lifting? A little bit still there? In Jesus' name. Amen. All of it leaves. In Jesus' name. All of it in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, send a ministering angel right now to Pastor Elsie. Lord, just begin to fill her now from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. We declare total healing now. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's going to get hot in here later this afternoon. We're going to have an awesome time. You're going to leave with no sicknesses, no diseases. God is going to set you free because he loves you. He wants to deliver you. Amen. Okay, so before, we got just a few minutes. Before I start to prophesy, I do want to mention I brought some resources. I did mention them last night, but I have a, a book table at the back. Um, the first thing I'll talk to you about is... Is that okay if I do that? You know, um, like I had said last night, I never thought I could write a book, yet alone two. My third is, is being written right now. God has helped me. God can help you. And these books have been helping people. So I want to talk to you about them. Um, this book here is the second book I wrote, but I picked this one up first. It has been changing people's lives. Basically, you get into this book, it's interactive. You're going to read through it. You're going to write. God's going to lead you through freedom and healing and inner healing. And so I've got that at the book table. It's $30. And it pairs really nicely with a lot of people have been waiting to get into for ministry. And the lineup's pretty big, and I'm only booking into March. If you can't wait that long, we'll have a DVD, uh, USB that goes with the book, but it's where I'm actually praying deliverance over you. So you read some prayers with me. It's all audio, so you can put it in your computer, you can put it in your car, and you read these prayers together with me, and then I do active deliverance on you. And, you know, I was kind of wondering, should I do something like that? Would it work? Because usually it's one-on-one. -on -one. But a gentleman bought this, and he had a long drive to make, and he was driving, I think, up north somewhere 
he put this in his car, and when he started the trip, he said he had a huge pain in his neck. Like, I mean, it was a debil debilitating pain, and it was bothering him for days. He puts this thing in. By the end of it, he said he felt this thing shoot out of his neck, and all the pain was gone. So he got delivered from listening to this USB. So I have that at the back table too. It's $30. Um, I had the first book I wrote is Can a Christian Have a Demon? And it's more than just answering that question. It, it gives you strategies of how to live a holy life, how to walk it out, uh, things that you can implement in your life and stay free, get free. There's prayers in it as well that you can read. Um, so this book, I only have a few left. Grab one if you can. If, you, if I do run out, you can go on, just pull up Amazon and type in my name. If you type in Joanna Adams on Amazon, on Indigo, on Barnes and Nobles, what's gonna happen is my new book is gonna come right up. It's called Closing the Door to Demons, and that is gonna be released February 18th, but you can pre-order your book, okay? So you can, if we run out of this one, you can get them online. Um, and then I have some other teachings. I have a basic deliverance one-on-one. -on -one. It talks about deliverance in the Christian. It talks about the importance of forgiveness. You'll be blessed by that. That's audio. And then this is my other DVD. If you want to be equipped to do deliverance ministry, this is the material you want to get. This is me teaching you how to set the captive free, and this is going to go along great with the manual that is almost ready uh, to teach you how to do deliverance. And then I have another one called Position for Greatness, and these are different messages outside of deliverance because I have a whole lot of them. It talks about how to hear God's voice. It talks about how God prunes you because he wants to use you. It talks about not limiting God and what he can do in the miraculous in your life. So if you're looking for something that's not deliverance resource, uh, this is it right here, and that's called position for greatness amen so please um, go to the back table Elisa will help you out I really don't want to carry anything back home <laughs> I would love you to buy some stuff for me thank you so much and uh, it will be a blessing to you and even if you can pass it along a lot of people buy my stuff and then give it to somebody who needs it uh, even that first book I spoke about it's light deliverance a lot of people have family members and they'll never come to a church or even see a deliverance minister but they are taking these books and they're at home in the presence of God or with themselves with alone and going through this book and getting healed so it's a gentler approach so if you know someone who needs it buy it for them and bless them amen all right um, so I would like to prophesy a little bit more and then we're gonna break we've got about 15 minutes and we're all gonna go for lunch at 12:30. we're gonna come back for 2 30 for the deliverance so I would like to ask this question is there anyone in the room who has never, ever received a personal prophetic word. Would you stand up for me? Is there, yes? We're all the way at the back? Wonderful. If there's anyone else, just please stand. You've never received a prophetic word. There's two. You know, every time I ask that, there's always a few that have never heard a word from the Lord. So I'd like to pray for you. I'm going to start with you at the back because you stood up first with the baby. Everybody stretch your hands towards her. So lovely. What's your name? Oh, I can't hear Yalfa? Yafel? Okay, here we go. <laughs> we bless you. And your baby. How old is your baby? Oh, he's so beautiful. Is it a boy? A little girl. Lord, we thank you for our sister. We thank you for this mother. And Lord, I ask right now for a word of life for her. She's come out here today. I feel like you're really hungry for God. And even coming here today, it was hot on your heart to make it here to this place. And the Lord says, I'm going to meet you. And the Lord says, you're in need even of transformation. He says, and I'm going to bring the transformation. 
I hear the Lord saying that there's going to be some dramatic turnarounds for you, some shifts, some things that you thought never impossible, could never even imagine. He says, I'm going to do it for you. And the Lord says you're in a journey and a process even now of being healed and even being set free and even coming into a deeper place with me. And the Lord says, I want you to know that I love you with an everlasting love. And the Lord says, you're never alone. Even though people would say they were there and they weren't there and there had even been betrayals, the Lord says, I would never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm here for you. And the Lord says, you're going to begin to even know me and understand me as your husband, even as your lover, even as your God who provides. And the Lord says, I'm going to begin to make myself known to you in so many different ways. And the Lord says, you are covered you are protected he says and fear nothing says God amen bless you God bless you thanks for being here today and you as well you've never received a prophetic word stretch your hands towards our sister father Lord we just thank you for our sister the Lord says he's gonna liberate you. you've been in a heavy place I hear the Lord saying he's releasing you from depression that you have been struggling with depression and that it has been attacking you and you've been feeling like giving up but the Lord says know that I even brought you here on divine appointment and the Lord says I'm gonna liberate you and now my brain is tingling the Lord says there's been so many random things that have been passing through your mind and over your mind and through your head and it says it's been bogging you down he says I'm gonna lift those things right out of your mind he says I'm gonna totally sets you free the Lord says you are power packed with potential and the devil has put like a dark blanket over you and he's tried to suppress you he says but I ripped that thing off of you today he says liberation is for you and the Lord says you will not recognize yourself one year from today says the Lord amen awesome hallelujah amen amen so we have just a few more minutes Pastor uh, Ramesh and Elsie do you want me to randomly pull people out is that okay with you or is there anyone specific Yes, this lovely guy. You sit so quietly right here on the corner. You're like a watchman on the wall. You are. You're a watchman on the wall. And he says, the Lord says, you're a prayer warrior. And you watch, and you look, and you pray. And you rarely say. And now I see him beginning to give you downloads. The Lord says, you have a compassionate heart and you truly care for people and that's why you don't talk and say and you just pray and the Lord says I'm going to show you more things and I'm going to download more things he says because I found you faithful to pray and to be diligent and wise with what I show you so I'm about to show you more and you're going to even begin to pray with a greater authority he says things are going to begin to be answered even for you and your household he says because you've been so concerned to pray for others and their well-being he says I'm going to take care of you and yours says the Lord Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This man stands out to me right here. You got kind of like a puffy jacket, a beard. Yep, good looking guy. Stand on up. I do have two single ladies with me here as part of my team. Now, I'm a happily married woman, but uh, we do have some. If you didn't know, the team I came with, they are all very active in our church. Uh, Roger is a deacon with us. Elisa really is my personal assistant. And Nicole, wow, Nicole is amazing. She is such a powerful woman of God. She works over at Crossroads. She's a blessing. What's that? I am! <laughs> They're women of God. Looking for some men of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you married? <laughs> you are? Oh, you're not. He's not married. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. How old are you? <laughs> Do you have a job, he says? Do you make good money? Do you have a car? 
I just love being here. I feel like I could really be myself. Thank you guys. I just want to honor you. You are so welcoming. I feel like I can be me. I'm having fun here. It's so good. Thank you. I love you guys. Okay. So do you have a car? Do you have a job? <laughs> How old did you say you were? <laughs> okay. Let's get serious. Lord, I just thank you for... Stretch your hands towards him. Father, Lord, we just thank you right now for that word of life that you have for our brother right now. That word. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And the Lord has shown me that you, you do want to be married. And you are looking for a wife. And the Lord says, I have one for you. He says, and don't be in a hurry and don't be in a rush. The Lord says, it's going to look and be different than you thought. And the Lord says, let me work it out for you. And the Lord says, I'm even healing some issues. There have been some women issues. I see like mother issues. I see some issues with women in your life. And I hear the Lord saying, I'm going to heal all that up. He says, I'm going to make you absolutely brand new. And the Lord says that he loves you with an everlasting love. And, and I feel like he is just, he's going to do something really special. You are a special young man. And um, I just, I feel like you're going to do some adventurous things too. And you have, there's something inside of you that wants adventure. I see you traveling. I see you going to nations. I see finances not being an issue. I see you going in teams. I see you being a leader now. And now I see all these like kind of like young adults, uh, kind of cool people around you. And I see you speaking into their lives. And I see you mentoring them through relationship. And you're a person. You're a man of relationship. You love relationship. And the Lord says it's going to be where you're most powerfully used is in a place of relationship. And the Lord just says he really, really loves you. He says, and it's time to even begin to dream big. He says, nothing's impossible with me. He says, I'm going to begin to even stretch your faith in this season, says the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Good to see you. Awesome. Oh, this man stands out to me too. Yeah, you're just rubbing your head. Stand on up. Oh, did I prophesy over you already? No, I didn't. Why don't your, your friends stand up too? Both of you. We came in together. Is this your church? Oh, you're visiting today? Oh, God bless you. All right, we'll start with you first. You look like a basketball player. Nice and tall. Here, I'm trying to match you up too. No. <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. Okay, get your phones ready. You know what? It's really good to, to record the prophetic words. Why do we do that? Well, it's important to take it back to your leadership. And it's important to say, you know, look, I just got this word from this lady. Does this bear witness to you? You have to make sure it bears witness to you. If it doesn't, you reject it. Uh, often people like to write it out. And if it is a word from God, you want to pray that word back to God. Listen, you said through the servant of God that I would go here, that I would do this. And you pray those words back to God, right? So it's important to record it because sometimes we can forget it, right? So thank you for pulling out your phones. We encourage that in our ministry. So right now, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for this lovely young man. I thank you for that word of life that you have for him. I see you being really, um, like, uh, popular. <laughs> and I see lots of young people really looking up to you, even like younger ones, like younger boys. Um, certainly your age group, too, age 
age group as well, like your age group, but also the ones just kind of under you in age. And I see them really looking to you. And the Lord says, I'm going to use you as a powerful role model. And the Lord says, you are going to display the Christian life uh, in a very unique way, in a way that is going to be uh, palatable to this generation. And the Lord says, you're a cool dude. I made you cool. I made you special. He says, and don't be afraid or ashamed to even talk about me. He says, I'm going to put a new boldness upon your tongue and you're going to begin to evangelize. And he says, they're going to begin to get saved. He says, and that's your heart. It's for souls. It's for even the little ones coming to the Lord. He says, I'm going to make you real wise, real wise in saving souls. And the Lord says, many will come. Many will be set free. Many will find me, says the Lord through you. Amen. God bless. Hallelujah. Awesome. And your friend here, stretch your hands towards him. Thank you, Jesus. I see you being really patient and steady, one that likes to analyze things, break it down. Well, if we do this, then this will happen, and if I don't do that, then... And you like to... You're a planner, and you bring stability to a lot of people because there's some people around you that are real flighty that would say, let's go, and you're like, no, let's weigh this out. And people are attracted to you because of that because even there's been some people that they've had no foundation, they have no structure, they've had no proper parenting. And I see you like even being a parent to your own generation because God's made you wise and he's put this anointing inside of you and you're gonna direct and lead and help a lot of people. So the Lord says even be open with that, share with people, show people, tell them what you're doing in your life. And he says you're gonna be like a magnet. And I just see you like a magnet and people being attracted to you. So I thank you for that and that anointing that's on his life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you for being here this morning. We're gonna, I'm going to give it back over to the pastors. We're going to take a little break, and we'll see you back here at 2.30.